Welcome to Pennsylvania Heroes. I'm Nick Yost. This week we speak with Helen Sager, president of Pennsylvania Wounded Warriors, an organization she co-founded with her late husband, Major General Jared Sager. Pennsylvania Wounded Warriors has emerged as one of the premier veterans organizations in our state. I also apologize in advance for some slight audio issues towards the end of the recording. Thank you for listening. Today we're speaking with Helen Sager, president of PA Wounded Warriors. Thank you for joining us today, Helen. Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you for giving me this opportunity. Of course. And I I will say I've seen so much of PA Wounded Warriors, especially during this time of pandemic and and financial hardship. So uh, I I see the the work you're doing. I'm, I'm curious, though. How did the idea for PA Wounded Warriors start? Well, uh, General Sager, my late husband, Major General Gerald T. Sager, uh, served uh, during the Korean War. He was Airborne Ranger, had two tours. Uh, When we married, we then had six children. Three of our children were Army officers, and one of our sons, Lieutenant Colonel Frank Sager, came home safely from Fallujah, Iraq. He had been there 05 to 06. Well, what we learned, General Sager and I going down visit Walter Reed, uh, those soldiers who were really quite ill. And I'm a registered nurse, so General Sager felt that I would be comfortable seeing the soldier in all different stages. And when we spoke with many of them, some said we're staying in, others saying we're coming out. But if they come out, One of the big problems that we found at the time, there were so many suicides. And General Sager, I said, if we start an organization that maybe if we were to help them take some of the burdens off them, for instance, if you take the burden off their back, financial problems, that might be something that could help. Or, and the other thing he thought was so important, if you have something to look forward to, So we do have a banquet every year to honor our wounded warriors and their spouse, and we pay for their hotel accommodation, breakfast, and we have a formal military banquet. And we have been doing that now since 2012. We also take soldiers with families, and that means spouse and children, to Hershey Park, to Knoebels, to Perkinow Raceway, and these are wonderful opportunities for the families. They are just so appreciative of everything that we've been able to do for them. And I've personally benefited uh, from from that opportunity to go to Pocono Raceway. Um, and it's, you're right, it's, it's providing an opportunity to families to, to do something they may not ordinarily do. Um, and, and I think also, having those events it's such a great way to bring those families back together after being apart from from deployment and military service well i can tell you sometimes the spouses are in tears coming over thanking me uh, for having started this organization with my general sager i have to tell you every banquet i begin with general sager's quote those who risk their lives in combat in the defense of our nation deserve a place of honor above all others in our society. 
for their courage has made everything possible for us. So that was the whole idea starting this organization. And it's now been 13 years. And as of November 1st, we have helped 13,000 of our Pennsylvania servicemen and women. So when we began, we were helping wounded warriors and their families. But within two years, we had so many calls from the VA hospital caseworkers, from chaplains, from county directors, saying we have a soldier and they are not wounded. So General Sager said, look, they've all served. If they have a financial emergency, and if we have the money, we should be able to help every veteran in a financial emergency. And what are some of those uh, emergencies that you most typically see? Well, I would say the greatest request is always for rent, security deposits, then utilities. Then it's a mixture of, it could be insurance, or maybe they've taken the car in to be inspected and they don't have enough money to pay the bill, or maybe they need new tires, or, but it always has to do with what we call an everyday situation where things are just what you need. You've got to eat, you've got to pay your bills, and then this is what's been happening. They can't do it. And it weighs very heavily on families if you can't pay your bills. And then we find if we pay their bills, we begin to wonder, well, what are you doing for your meals? How are you eating? And many of them, mm -hmm. of course, go to places where they can get free food. But then our treasurer will send gift cards, gas gift card, food gift cards. And so they don't expect it. They just ask for one thing. Could you help me with this bill or that bill? So they're grateful just to have something more because they'll always tell us, well, that meant we can go get a big grocery order. So that is the, the value of our small organization. We started with six volunteers. We now have 30 volunteers. And every single day, we respond to requests for help. So I would say the most requests we've ever had in one month was 180 requests. And as I explained to you, it doesn't matter what the request is for. If it's something that we could respond to, we do. So normally we don't pay taxes. That is something we haven't covered. But basically just about everything else we are able to respond to. You have a problem with your furnace or you, you, you didn't realize that when you bought this place or moved in, rented it, or purchased it, that something was wrong with the furnace. Or now you're living there and then you say, wow, it's really getting cold. We better you know, turn the heat on and then find the furnace doesn't work. How do you screen through all of those, um, all of those requests? How do you determine what you're able to help with and, and what you can't? Well, I did tell you we're all volunteers and we all have various roles. So we have seven of our volunteers uh, who 
respond, we call them our intake officers. So the way that you get help in Pennsylvania Wounded Warriors is this. If I get a call and someone said, you know, we heard about you, we called 211 and they gave me your number, or someone gave me your brochure, or someone told me about you. And so uh, here's my circumstances. You have to really be a good listener. Listen to their what they have to say. And then I say to them, yes, we can help you. But this is what we need. We need a copy of the DD-214 or an equivalent. We need a copy of your bills. Now, if it's a landlord, we also need a copy of the lease. And then the most important thing is the cover letter. So the cover letter will say your name, your contact information, and basically your story. Because I'm hearing it when I'm speaking with them, but when it's sent by fax, and this is the fax number where this is all sent, and it goes to the intake officers. So it's a 717-260-3000. The intake officers review, they read the story, and determine how much we can help them with. And then ahead of that department is our uh, vice president, Gordon Weath. He's a retired colonel from the Gulf War, and he's been with us, I think this is probably his seventh year. And so he's the second set of eyes. So after the first intake officers go through it and approve it, then he goes through it. And if he, then he approves, it's sent to the treasurer, and they try to pay within 48 hours. Sometimes it's a little longer. Is there a maximum amount of time that someone can apply for help or receive help or, or a dollar amount? How does that work? Well, I would say probably the average of the, of the bills that we pay would probably be about 1500 But, you know, each circumstances is different. And so each one is evaluated differently. You say, okay, here's a soldier, a double amputee. He needs a help with his truck to swing the chair around and whatever has to be done, or he needed a cover for the truck. Now that may be a lot more money than the average, but of course he's not an average person. This is someone you very unique. So that is how it's determined case by case. And then how, how does a, a veteran reach out and, and request help? Do they go directly to you? Do they go through a caseworker? What's that process So when they like? speak with me, for those who call me on the phone, I find out, oh, number one, if you go to a VA hospital and you have a caseworker, you go to them, tell them your circumstances and say that I've, you've spoken to Pennsylvania Wounded Warriors Incorporated, and this is what we require to be able to help. So I mentioned the three things we needed. And either if they say, well, no, like many Vietnam vets, I don't know why it is they are not taking advantage of using the VA hospital system. But many of them will say to me, no, I don't, I don't have a caseworker. No, I don't go there. 
And uh, so then they could either go to a county veteran director. Every county has a county veteran director. And that county can uh, uh, will forward the information we need. Or it could be a service officer from the VFW or from the Legion. Someone who can then become what we call their advocate. And then when there's questions being asked, the intake officers go to the advocate. They don't go back to the soldier. So they're always working through the advocate. And the system has worked so flawlessly. And as I told you, having helped uh, 13, over 13,000 of our Pennsylvania servicemen and women uh, for a small organization as ours. So if we start with six volunteers and end up with 30 volunteers, people tell me, just as our treasurer Tom Wolf said, I want to join a meaningful organization. So Tom Wolf is our treasurer. He was severely injured in Vietnam. And one day he had called me and learned about the organization. And that's what he said. I want to join a meaningful organization where the money goes to where it belongs. You mentioned about how you're able to, to, to help these wounded warriors and, and veterans with their bills. How do you get the money to, to be able to distribute? Well, it has been, I would say every day, next come, it's been a miracle. Because what has happened is people recognize what we do. Even people who used to donate to Wounded Warrior Project send me little notes and say, I used to donate to the national organization, the Pennsylvania Wounded Warriors, I never heard of you. And so it is word of mouth, but let me tell you, schools, churches, veteran groups, businesses, individuals, there are so many golf tournaments, motorcycle rides. Now, all of the other phone fundraising that people have done for us annually, they couldn't do it. But somehow they managed to get some money together, even though they didn't hold an event, and then send it. And then in the last four years, we've been named in 12 wills. Some, we receive small amounts maybe 6,000, maybe 12,000. Many of them come from women. But that is that was the surprise, to think that people believe and trust in us, that they would name us in their wills. So we have been lucky since the uh, it, there was a system started in the state. It started with uh, the state senator, Baker, and she decided that uh, if when you're getting your license and renewing, there's a block that says you can donate $3 to veterans organization. And the very first year they did that, they reached, I think, $100,000. And we prevent a lot of homelessness. And for those who are homeless, we work with other organizations so that SSVF is one. So if we get a call saying we have a soldier, but we don't have a place for him to go and his family, 
we could put them in a motel for say a week or so until a place is found for them. So I've gotten a little off track a bit. <laughs> oh no, it's 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 really interesting though, especially when you mention about uh, the benefactors because I think about you know, charities and and you're right, a lot of people hold sponsorship events. I'm always seeing PA wounded warriors um, uh, being supported through golf tournaments and and raffles and things like that. But I I didn't. I didn't even think about how people can become benefactors through their will. That's a great well, idea. Certainly. Uh, it's a blessing to us. So, you know, we've had, I would say since uh, the coronavirus began, people don't have as much money uh, to make donations. However, there are those who've been donating every month and if it's, they've normally donated $25, they'll say, well, the coffers are probably getting low for you, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to bump it up. And and several mm. people have wow. done that. They are, have the the money and the ability to do it. But because there is not as much money coming as usual, that the advantages of having this additional money coming in with the veterans trust fund from the wills, when we find that. More money is going out than is coming in in normal donations. That's what we could fall back on having that amount of money to help us through. So it has been wow. it has been really a blessing for us because every day checks come in the mail every single day. I would say the smallest amount we've ever received would be five dollars. And if someone sends $5 every month, they write a little note. Usually it's a woman and she will say, uh, thank you for taking care of our boys. So you know, World War II, it was our boys who went overseas and our women who went in the factories and took their places. And so when she sends this little note, I, I assume she's a woman of that age. So it's pretty heartwarming, you know, to receive those kind of notes from people. And from our previous conversation, it sounds like you reach out personally to everyone that makes a, oh, a donation. Oh, I certainly do. I thank you note to every single donor. And it's important if, uh, in the beginning, when we started, I used to do handwritten notes until, until I, I began to realize, uh, well, maybe we'll have to have a form letter. And if I want to write something on the bottom, I can do that. And that's when my uh, granddaughter encouraged me to do that. And uh, so when Mrs. Corbett's father passed away and when she became uh, the first lady of the state, I had written a letter to her, just as I had to Mrs. Wolf, saying that as a first lady, you should know we have an all-volunteer organization here in Pennsylvania, and 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 let her know what it is we do. So when Mrs. Corbett's father passed away, he was in his late 90s, and so she said, "Well, in lieu of flowers, we will have donations sent to you." And she had 
the governor take care of it. But what happened was the governor didn't know the difference between Wounded Warrior Project and Pennsylvania Wounded Warriors. So the check said, oh, wow. Wounded Warrior Project. Well, I had to send a nice letter to each one saying, thank you for thinking of Wounded Warriors. However, we can't deposit your check as written. But if you can correct and send a correct check, and then I send them a brochure so they can see the name as it should be. And then, you know, mm. within a day or two, they're sending it back. And I also let them know that when we receive all these memorial donations, we send a letter including all the names and addresses of the donor for the family. And so within, I'd say, a day or two, all of those checks came back. And, and, and that we haven't had the problem uh, since, but occasionally, when people don't know the difference, they will say on the check, Pennsylvania Wounded Warrior Project. And of course, oh. that's not who we are. And so we have to send a corrected letter. That doesn't happen uh, very much anymore. It did in the very beginning uh, when we started the organization. And you mentioned your brochure. I think um, something else that, that you and I had talked about previously that really stood out to me is um, how uh, transparent you are in, in showing the money that has come in versus the money that has gone out. Could you talk a little bit more well, about that? Uh, I, in a, immediately when we began the organization, General Sager said, you know, when people donate money to you, they have a right to know where does the money go. So when we did our brochure, we would each year, we would say, this is how much money we receive, and then this is how we spend it. And so that's on the back of the brochure. The front is George Washington. He gave the first Purple Heart during the Revolutionary War. And it seemed very appropriate that he would, we would have his picture. And Inside tells you who we are, what we do. We have a contact page. There's also an insert. Uh, fortunately, I was, I was introduced to Patriot News, and they did an article uh, on a weekend. This was for Memorial Day. And it said, family supports wounded warriors first. And that I, it was such it talked all about how the grassroots organization began. So I called and asked Heather Long, who had interviewed me, could we reproduce and put it in our brochure so we don't have to keep repeating, you know, how our organization began? And of course, she was very pleased uh, that we were able to do that. So the back of the brochure is the last page, the very back. It tells you the important information about the money, how much came in, how it was used, and the notation on the bottom makes it clear. 96 cents of every dollar received directly help our servicemen and women. So actually the Borshoe speaks for. If we're not there, someone could pass it to someone, a neighbor, or uh, pass it to 
someone at their church, because it's really word of mouth that has had us uh, made it so meaningful and important to us. And it does work. It takes a little longer, but we don't spend money on public awareness. And so this is of great value to us to have the brochure available. I think it's a, it's incredible that that 96 cents of, of every dollar goes to helping others. That's that's just a, a ratio that you don't see very often in in charities. And I think most people, when they give, they want that money to go to um, whichever organization is, uh, you know, whatever that target audience is, rather than. Paying a whole bunch of people or or paying rent, they they want to help a specific group of people. It's incredible you're able to well, keep that. I think so that low. that's the reason we receive so many donations. People appreciate the fact that the big one is the money stays in Pennsylvania, and the fact that we're all volunteers, and that we don't have any overhead, and we have managed to help so many veterans. In, in considering the size of our organization <laughs> and not having official secretaries. I do have an executive secretary. She served in the military. She had worked in the, at the Capitol for senators. She is very sharp. And so she keeps, she's the glue for our organization. Everybody has a role to play, but hers is very critical. And uh, so you can see when people say to me, what are you thankful for? I am thankful for the best volunteers ever. And no other organization would operate like we do. We're more or less like family uh, and, and not, it, it doesn't sound like a business. And, and everything we do is quite personal. And that makes the difference in how people regard our organization. Wow. I've asked everything that I plan to. Um, is there is there anything that I missed or anything that that uh, you, you'd like to convey? Well, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, I think everything that we've said simply that people understand. Uh, it's important for people to know if they're going to make a donation, they can either send it through electronically, or they could send by check. It's whatever people prefer. So when they send it electronically, we also ask them to send the name of the deceased, the, the address of the deceased, or the family or relatives, whomever, uh, what is receiving our acknowledgement. And so it's important for people to know our address. So a check is always written to Pennsylvania, PA, Wounded Warrior Incorporated. And it goes to 1117 Country Club Road, Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, 17011. So whether they send it electronically, they want to include the name, their name and address, so I can acknowledge them. 
as well as the family so they could receive the names and addresses of all those who donate. But we send an acknowledgement to every single donor. Wow. And thinking about ways that people can learn more about the organization, um, where where can they find well, find you website, online? www.pawoundedwarriors.org. And then I believe uh, is there also uh, a Facebook there site is, as well? And it's managed pretty much by our our secretary Dan Algo. Uh, he has uh, managed it for for years. So we began. Well, um, I want to thank you for your time and also just as a wounded warrior from the, the bottom of my heart uh, and, and for everyone that you've helped, I, I so much appreciate the work that, that you and, and the volunteers do in your organization to, to help veterans in our state. It's, well, thank it's truly you. This heroic. Is my life's work. I'm now 86, so I'm hoping the Lord is going to keep me here for about 10 years. I still, I still have a lot of work to do. <laughs> And for those who have volunteered and part of our team, they are the best. And people could have the confidence to know this is an organization they can contribute to. And thank you for this opportunity. I certainly appreciate it, as we all do. Of course. Well, thank you again. And, uh, and look forward to seeing more of your good work. It. Thank you again to Helen for taking the time to educate us on our amazing organization and also to all the volunteers for the great work they do. We'll see you next week with a new episode of Pennsylvania Heroes. In the meantime, please subscribe to the Pennsylvania Heroes podcast on Spotify and follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Hope you have a great week.